It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. Winter-like temperatures return for this Friday. I'm meteorologist Bradford Ambrose. Expect uh, temperatures this morning into the 30s. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds on this Friday, with high temperatures generally into the 40s and a little bit 50s. Breezy northwest wind, likely some gusts 20 to 30 miles per hour, a little bit higher along the higher ridge tops, and we will see precipitation chances return for Saturday and Sunday, with high temperatures back into the 40s. Currently, we have 37 degrees in Danville, 44 in Bedford, 41 in Lynchburg, 46 in Roanoke and Salem, 40 in Amherst, 36 in Appomattox. Well, it's been the talk all week that speakership that just seems to be in limbo. We have congressional correspondent Scott McFarland with us this morning. Uh, Are we getting any closer than we were at the beginning of the week, sir? Well, allegedly, um, there have been whispers and rumblings, though vague, about progress in a negotiation and a discussion between these 20 holdout Republican members and the Kevin McCarthy leadership team and allies. But all of this is hard to get your hands on. It's all talk, but nothing circulating on paper for us to see or for the entire Congress to see. So at this point, it's less than clear, but I could say this for certain. When the voting begins today, as it's expected to do at 12 p.m., there's no indication Kevin McCarthy has the votes as a fourth day of voting starts. Uh, I, I get. I was getting text last night up until almost 9 o'clock. Finally, I just turned my, <laughs> turned my phone off uh, where people were talking about how frustrated they were, how stupid it makes the Republican Party look, um, and, and how one person texted me and said, uh, I voted... For Bob Good, now he's making us look like a bunch of jerks. That was one of the ones that I had last night. Um, but you've got this House Freedom Caucus who have been resisting him, um, and and he hasn't been giving them what they, they want, but now they're saying that could change. Well, he's making concessions. He's made some before these proceedings began earlier in the week, and the negotiations that are underway are about more concessions from Kevin McCarthy to members of the Freedom Caucus and to members of this faction. Um, the open question is, how much more can he give? What is still in the arsenal? What more can he bend on? And if he does give more, what happens to those who have already been part of his camp, the moderates, those from more purple districts, those from more competitive House districts? Are they going to start to bristle because too much has been given away and it too much power has been concentrated now on the far right of the conference. These are the concerns. I'll tell you what, Bob Good has been a central figure here. Mm-hmm. And the local congressman uh, has been unequivocal and vociferous in his opposition to Kevin McCarthy. So, saying last night, you can stop asking me if I'll ever support Kevin McCarthy. I will not. So and and I know line. Bob Good, and if he says that, you can take that to the bank. I mean, you can't back down on it now. <laughs> you can't you can't change your opinion after saying something like that on camera, right? Here's the bottom line: Kevin McCarthy will need to get 16 of these 20 dissenters back in his camp. But really, he's going to have to get 16 of 19 back in his camp because Bob Good has made clear he's not going to be one of them, right? And I, I think there's a political problem this causes for other Republicans, because I was talking to a congressman from Florida, a Republican, who said he's getting text messages. His phone's blowing up, too, just like yours right. is, from 
his constituents, saying, what are you doing? Why are you fighting with Republicans? Why aren't, why don't you just fight with the Democrats? And this congressman from Florida, who's a McCarthy supporter, goes, I'm not fighting with anybody, but this is causing me political trouble because those who aren't following closely think all of us are to blame for this. Well, there was a tweet last night. Uh, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania said, we're at a Reagan moment. Trust but verify. The devil is in the details. We have to take our time to make sure it's right, not easy. One way or the other, the status quo must go. And, you know, my dad talked about this a lot when I was growing up, about that pendulum. You know, that pendulum kind of swings and things get, you know, kind of kind of liberal and to the left. And then, you know, sometimes that pendulum can swing far to the right and then we end up somewhere in the middle. I have to wonder, is that part of what's going on right now? This is this was inevitable. Um, right. This moment was inevitable as soon as the election night turned the margin that it turned. When you saw a very narrow margin in the U.S. House, you could see this coming. Didn't know it was going to be a showdown over the speaker vote, but we knew a showdown was inevitable mm-hmm. because there has been acrimony inside the House Republican Conference here in Washington. That's no surprise. But this small group, and 20 is a small group for the U.S. House, has absolute unambiguous veto power over what happens in the majority. Mm -hmm. They can stop anything. And this may be the safest place to have this showdown. You don't want to have a showdown where no decisions can be made and no passages can occur when it's the debt ceiling, which can cause financial catastrophe if there's a standoff, when it's a government shutdown and the lights get turned off and the government gets turned away for days or weeks at a time. Those types of things can jolt the economy or cause even deeper fissures in America. This might be the safest battleground for this fight, because really this is an inside baseball, inside the beltway dynamic largely. There are a few real-world impacts to this. For example, members of Congress haven't been sworn in. They can't hire their staffers which means that may compromise some constituent services back home. Maybe you can't get your congressman on the phone if you have a Social Security check issue or a passport problem. But you know what? You can call your senator. They're still working. There's no real-world impact here. If this type of standoff happens on the debt ceiling, there's a financial catastrophe looming. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, he, he, may, he may win the, the path to the speakership, but it's a fair, fairly narrow path, looks like. To me, so it's going to be curious to see if he can uh, if he can manage it or not. It's not boring. There's that. It's, it's definitely not boring, and to a degree, as a congressional correspondent, I don't I don't hate that. Right. But uh, there's a seeming contradiction here that I can't get around. I don't see how he gets the votes, but I also don't see how anybody else can get the votes. Exactly. So one one of these two impossibilities is going to be possible. I just don't know which one right now. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for joining us and and keeping us updated on this uh, very interesting, if very frustrating, story. Anytime. Thanks. Well, yeah, I think he's right. It, it's just one of two things. Impossible things are, are going to have to happen. It's Groundhog's Day. It it's starting to feel that way. When I got the no- sure. notification this morning that they've been through ten of them, and I think it's. Like, the only longer one was, like, maybe the first one. It was, like, 133. Um, like, this is the longest it's been in 100 years since 1923. This uh, has happened. And you just kind of laugh at this point. Like, Well, and then you've got Maxine Waters doing her thing. Um, she 
appeared to get into a shouting match with Republicans on the House floor during the ninth round of voting. And uh, she stood up and said when it was her turn to vote before turning and pointing to a group of uh, Republicans, she said, this is my ninth vote for Hakeem Jeffries. Matt Rosendale, get it together. Water continued speaking but was drowned out by several Republicans shouting order. About an hour before the exchange, Matt Rosendale named Waters while speaking on the floor, saying last summer we began to negotiate a group of us in good faith, a list of changes, amendments to the rules of this body, not to empower ourselves, not to bring personal benefit to ourselves, but to empower you and you and you, Maxine, and you and you and everyone sitting in this chamber equally, Rosendale said. There's no rules. I did not use anyone's names. Excuse me, Maxine. So that did. <laughs> now they're now they're just fighting. Someone needs a talking stick. I don't. That's all I know. I used to have that with my kids. Here's your talking stick. If you don't have the stick, you may not talk. Although that may not be safe this week either. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Good morning, Janet. Hey, how are you? Not too bad. Uh, cruising through Danville down here, but uh, still listening to you. Good. But uh, um. Just wanted to say I'm I'm sticking with Bob. Bob is doing the right thing. If Kevin McCarthy was such a good negotiator, um, wouldn't he have had this thing hammered out by now? Um, to me, he to, to be the speaker, you got to be good at negotiating, like Trump Trump knows how to do. To which Trump would probably be the best well, speaker. But Trump Trump came out me, but. Trump came out in support of McCarthy though. Yeah, and I. I don't support him, and I'm a Trump guy, uh, so I guess I'm doing it. Over, so why don't why don't you support <laughs> McCarthy? What is it that you don't like about him? He just got a sleazy uh, car salesman, used car salesman way about him, and I just don't like any. He's from California, so that right there disqualifies him to me. But you know, but that doesn't um, have anything to do with with the, the way he's voted, or the way he's led, or the way he's ruled. Um, he's He's a rhino. He's he's uh, John McCain. He's uh, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, all George W. Bush, all wrapped up into one, and I don't like that. Well, we uh, just had that it. conversation with the correspondent, the CBS correspondent there, and uh-huh. uh, his his thing is, and the quandary that we're in is, if McCarthy can't get the votes, who is going to get the votes? It's not going to be Jim Jordan, that's for sure. No, I, and that's a that's a situation I don't understand. And that's, it's that's like, the um, problem right there. It, well, is it, and this is a republic, him, and it, we're a republic, and our our forefathers set it up that the minority would would have a lot of power. And to me, it's I don't know why people keep calling these people terrorists and all of this. This is the way our forefathers set it up. They they wanted it like that. They did not want majority rule. Majority rule is not what this country was founded on. It's supposed to be a, a vocal, small amount of people. We're supposed to be a republic, and that's what we are. Everybody keeps saying democracy. That that just irritates me to no end. Yeah, they they've been we pulling that one a lot. Yeah, they use that one. Yeah. A lot. So anyway, have a good weekend. You Jenna. too. You too. Have a good one. The only thing I, I think that might be good out of this whole situation is that the House Freedom Caucus 
this may be their way of of pulling McCarthy in line to let him know, don't you be doing this liberal stuff. It is not going to fly. If you are going to be the speaker, know that we can make things very difficult for you. And if that's the message they're sending, message received. We'll be back with more here on The Morning Jam. Keep our numbers handy, 866-916-3776. Give us a call. We're glad you're a part of our radio family. We'd love to hear from you on this Friday. Friday Funny's on the way. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on The Morning Jam. The word jam. To pack something tightly. A machine seizing or becoming stuck. A sweet preserve made from fruit. A common sense radio talk show. The Morning Jam. shape you want to know how you know you're getting out of shape when you get out of breath blowing on the food to cool it down that you're trying to eat it's a big hint so i've got to start exercising more that's the thing i'm going i'm looking at the machine i can buy and take on the road with me and here it is i'm watching the infomercial and here's the big picture of the guy at the before picture what he looked like before and here's the machine and he's working out with his real vigorous on that's what he looks like in the after picture i'm like man maybe i should buy that thing Work out with it just three times a week for 20 minutes each time, and maybe I could look like that guy in the before picture. <laughs> wow. You guys left me hanging on that one for a second. I didn't even lie to you. I didn't. I got it right away. <laughs> I, I know that I Oh, my gosh. That's pretty funny. So do you work out at all other than walking hokey? Janet, you, know, you already know that answer. <laughs> Have you ever? Other sure. Than when you work, no, you haven't. I mean, I've walked on the treadmill before. You've walked on a treadmill before. I've. Uh, All right. I'll be honest. I once. I once lifted weights. Yeah. Like, like I did a, a. Like literally one time. Yeah. So when somebody says, I was so sore, my shoulders hurt for like three days, and I was like, never again. <laughs> So, so when somebody says, "How many push-ups can you do?" You're like, "Well, it depends I on could, how big the box is." I could <laughs> crank out. I probably could crank out at I least. Totally missed one. that one. I push-ups or ice cream. Oh, got you. Know, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay, all right. Say, but actual push-ups, I might be able to crank out one. One. Oh my! You do need to start hanging out with with my Mark Moore. He he might whip you into shape before you know it, really quickly. So. There you go. Um, we have an interesting story from, um, uh, it, it's an interesting allegation that's been made by the Chief of Defense Intelligent of Ukraine regarding the health of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, Radar Online has learned, this, this is where this came from, my, my smart news app, the uh, intelligence official is claiming that Putin has terminal cancer. We've been talking about that on the show for for a long time. There have been rumors about that. And they think that it's accelerating at this point. Uh, The 70-year-old has been rumored to be in deteriorating condition for some time now. They're saying his unsuccessful invasion of Ukraine, along with the recent allegations from the intelligence agency, is painting a pretty grim picture for the leader. Um, I cannot say this man's name. Carillo Bandova discussed the 70-year-old's health and ongoing Russian 
Ukraine conflict with ABC News on January the 4th. When asked if Putin's cancer was terminal, the chief intelligence official quickly replied, of course, he is ill long period, he said. When asked if the alleged terminal illness would result in his death sooner than later, he responded, I think very fast, I hope. It has been speculated that Putin not only has cancer, but Parkinson's as well. And the official provided insight to what he believes to be the cause for this quick failing condition. Um, We, according to our human resources that are close to Putin, we believe the cancer has become more aggressive. When questioned on a potential transfer of leadership, Putin, if he succumbs to his cancer, he said he believed one of Putin's cronies would take over. This war should be ended before that Putin is dying. Other sources close to the Kremlin have echoed the claims that Putin has been in severe ailing condition for some time now. Over the past several months, he has missed meetings and scheduled appearances. The Kremlin denied allegations that health issues were at play. Of course they would. And then last month, he canceled a planned trip uh, that he had, stated the reasons for the cancellation, unfavorable flying conditions. However, the weather conditions were fine. He also canceled his traditional December press conference, where he was expected to speak for many hours and answer questions from reporters. All of that is a huge indicator that perhaps these rumors are true. Uh, In which case, I mean, I don't want to wish ill on anybody, but he needs to go. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, I I hate to say I, I hope that they're right, but I really hope that they're right. So here's a feel-good story uh, for you that we'll share going into our, our break here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, there are three Southwest Virginia historic sites that have been added to the state landmark register. Some of these I find kind of interesting. Uh, the three historic sites include the Colony House Motor Lodge in Roanoke. Now, I am arguably a little obsessed with mid-century places. Um, I enjoy a lot of mid-century items in my home. I've got furniture, and I love things from the 60s, 70s as well. Um, So this Colony House Motor Lodge is kind of cool, I think. Uh, So that has been added to the register. Uh, The Bodever House in Lexington and the Gavel Hill Christian Church in Craig County have all been added. When the registers were created in 66, the idea was to draw attention to them as being significant and to foster awareness of the significance. And the Colony House Lodge is now owned by the Farrell family, and they are uh, renovating the property and reopening it as a boutique hotel. Now, I hope if they do this, that they're going to keep it in that same vein and that it's going to kind of have those those vibes to it. We stayed at a hotel, my daughter and I did, in Florida, where it had that kind of sleek, modern, mid-century vibe to it, and it was just super cool. That would be nice to have something like that around here. Uh, It's located in the city of Roanoke. It has two motel buildings, an office, and a swimming pool, 
and um, and it was strategically sited along uh, a major route at that time to areas going further south, and um, it's got the folded plate roofs and and things like that. So it's it's a, a excellent example of mid twentieth century roadside architecture, and it looks like they're going to keep it that way. So that's a good thing. So we'll have to go and, and check that out. And then uh, the Gravel uh, Gravel Hill Christian Church, that's located in Craig County. And apparently the architecture there is very, you know, beautiful and traditional as well. And then the Bodiver House in Lexington, there are a lot of places in Lexington that are on the register. Um, and it was built in the late 19th century and it was rehabilitated in the 1970s. So there you go. Do you know there were 38 places in Virginia that is on like a bucket list that that came out? Like must-see bucket list. And there are so many things that we haven't seen. I mean, I know people who have lived here their whole lives. They've never been to Natural Bridge. Or they've never been to Appomattox. Or... Um, I've, never forest been to, or, I've, been to, I've never been to Natural Bridge. You should go to Natural Bridge. It is beautiful there. It's so pretty. Um, and it's so close. We're going to be talking about some of those if locations that are on the, the bucket Bridge list. Natural Bridge Historic Hotel, go to insaneradiodeals.com. Exactly. You can check that out. And there, I think it's a two-night stay. Is that what it is? For two. Yeah. Check that out. Save some money and see one of those bucket list places. That's on the list as it should be. We'll tell you what else is on the list coming up. Right now, we've got your local and regional headlines on the way. Thanks for listening to The Morning Jam. Our number, It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. Winter-like temperatures return for this Friday. I'm meteorologist Bradford Ambrose. Expect uh, temperatures this morning into the 30s. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds on this Friday, with high temperatures generally into the 40s and a little bit 50s. Breezy northwest wind, likely some gusts 20 to 30 miles per hour, a little bit higher along the higher ridge tops, and we will see precipitation chances return for Saturday and Sunday, with high temperatures back into the 40s. And currently we have... 39 in Danville right now, 40 in Lynchburg, 44 in Bedford, 46 in Roanoke and Salem. We have 38 degrees in Appomattox and uh, 44 in Amherst. Do we have anybody here tonight under the age of 30? Any 20 somethings? That's still the dumbest group of humans I've ever met in my life. You're not dumb academically, I'll get to that, but you are soft emotionally, I can tell you that. <laughs> the reason I say that, when I was growing up, our parents let us play in the street, climb trees, and blow stuff up. Yeah. And you know what happened if you got hurt or maimed? You got a new name. <laughs> I had two 
two friends I grew up with, Amor and Niner. When Amor was six, he was in the garage with his big brothers blowing stuff up. He lost his right eye. It was closed the rest of his life. He looked like he was aiming a gun. That's how he got the name Amor. <laughs> he was the Amor. Everybody called him Amor. <laughs> I did not know his name was not Amor. <laughs> Until the first day of third grade, the teacher said, Ross Thomas. We all went, Ross Thomas, who? <laughs> Amor, is your name Ross? <laughs> we started laughing. That sounded funnier to us than Amor did. <laughs> and Amor says to the teacher, no, my name's Amor. My mom is the only one that calls me Ross. And she goes, well, Amor, how'd you get that name? He goes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have all kinds of people. Can you imagine now a kid even pretended to point a gun at it? I, I had all kinds of people growing up that had nicknames that way. And I'll never forget watching Fried Green Tomatoes when when she started calling calling him Stump. Mm-hmm. She And she's like, don't call him that. And she says, look, we may as well get ahead of it. It's going to happen anyway. So we may as well just go ahead and embrace it and, and, and call him that. So I was going to say is I also have experience of correcting a teacher every time they said my name. Because it would always come in as Frederick. Frederick, is your so your first name is Frederick? Frederick, yeah. I thought you. I thought you knew. This. I did not know this, Frederick. Yeah, Frederick. Oh God, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Frederick Jurgens Lyle the Third is my full name. How did you get to Trey? I'm the third. Trey. So that's that's it's a Fred- common name for a third is Trey. I did not know this. Yep. So on your driver's license. Is it Trey? Yeah, my wallet's in the other room. It, it says Trey. No, it says Frederick. It says Frederick. Wow. Okay. That's what my paycheck I says. was today years old when I found that out. I thought he, you knew that. I did not, mm, Freddie. That was what my, uh, my uh, grandfather was called. Freddie? Yeah, my dad was Ricky. It, it's actually funny. So my dad went by Ricky as a kid, R-I-C-K-Y, because, you know, the Rick part. But he, uh, he goes by Fred to, like, my mom... And his, his, like some of his friends. It's very complicated. So it's funny when my Aunt Linda is at, who's my dad's older sister, my dad's sister, um, she, she'll come with us on events. And it's like my dad's friends and him. Everyone's calling Fred except Aunt Linda who call him Ricky. Well, so it's, it's, it's actually, very complicated. So would you ever name your child? Would you ever have a Quad? fourth? Quad. Uh, I don't know. I've thought about it. it. It's a possibility. All I know is my daddy said... You absolutely may not name one of your children after me. He hated his name. And he had a very strange name. It was uh, Whirly. And that is an odd first name. He would not. So I used Carson. Did your grandparents do the Whirly Dervish or something? No. I mean, I think the name of the doctor was Whirly. I mean, you had to remember. Back then. They had nine kids. Yeah. So, you know, you start getting... Creative. Get up there and you're like, uh, we had him in June. June. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't a um, unusual name for me because I grew up with without was his name, but mm-hmm. Worley Moore was his was his name, and he was like, please don't name. And so I I had to go back to his father and then use Carson as a as one of their names to get the family name in there because he just did not want that passed down, and he didn't want people being called you know by. If it's your first name, and then they always get your name wrong, and people are calling you the wrong name at your wedding, and then at your whatever. So, yeah, I didn't know your name was Frederick, but I will remember it now. So, we were talking about bucket list 
items. You know, there's a lot of people who are going to want to be taking some trips this spring, but holy cow, I was checking some prices on flights yesterday. A flight to Florida, because we usually take a trip in, in February. A flight to Florida, round trip for two people, was like $1,200. Nice. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, so you might want to be taking those vacations a little closer to home. There has been a, uh, a bucket list put out. Uh, this one is by RV Share, although I checked a lot of different ones, and a lot of them have the same places on there. Uh, some you may have heard of, some you may not have heard of. Uh, they say one of the things you would want to do is to uh, cross the Boulevard Bridge. Apparently that's... Uh, the, so you can see the Richmond skyline. You're from that area. Have you ever been to Boulevard Bridge? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Na- Natural Bridge made the list. Very beautiful. Arlington National Cemetery and Arlington House. Mount Vernon. Uh, Thomas Jefferson's Monticello. If you live in the Lynchburg area, Poplar Forest, even closer. Uh, the American Revolution. Learn more about that at Yorktown. Uh, time travel in Jamestown. Colonial Williamsburg made the list. Not a surprise. Done those three. And then they talk about all the national trails, amazing trails that we have in the Commonwealth, uh, including the Washington uh, Revolutionary Route, the Star-Spangled Banner National Historic Trail, the Potomac Heritage uh, Scenic Trail, Captain John Smith Chesapeake National Historic Trail, and then the Appalachian National Scenic Trail. Uh, they talk about Wolf Trap. They talk about Shenandoah National Park. A lot of our national parks are on here. Uh, Manassas, Maggie L. Walker, Harper's Ferry, uh, George Washington's Birthplace. We have a lot of, of historical sites on there. In the top five, Cedar Creek and Bell Grove National Historic Park, which I've never heard of. And this is in the Shenandoah Valley. And apparently it's very beautiful. Number four was the Booker T. Washington National Monument. Blue Ridge Parkway was number three. Love that one. And the uh, uh, Assateague Island National Seashore there, where I guess uh, that's where the Chicoteague horses are. And then Appomattox Courthouse was number one. And it's right here, and so many people haven't been I've to see been it. I've been there. I've been to the Blue Ridge Parkway. I think I've been to Booker T. Washington National Monument because I've been. I think I we think did all I've that. Been to that one. I think we did that all when we went to D.C. Um, There's a lot of places though in Virginia that you can take in and enjoy, even if. Uh, I remember going to Colonial Williamsburg when I was a kid, and I've been I've been there several times, but. Um, yeah, there's a lot of neat places that you can take in and enjoy, and with travel expenses the way they are, that may be more of a reality for a lot of us this coming spring after checking out those airline ticket prices. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day. They have got a chicken truck sale going on this week. Everything from boneless, skinless chicken breast to bone-in chicken breast to legs and thighs. Terrific prices this week at FNL. We'll tell you more about that 
in just a second. It's Reed Drummond's birthday today, so I'm sharing one of her recipes that I've made quite a bit. I think it could become one of your regular go-tos as well. You're going to start with a couple of uh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts for this chicken taco salad. You're going to season it with taco seasoning, and you're going to cook that in a skillet until it's golden brown, about four minutes on each side. And then you can set that aside. For the dressing, while that's cooking, you can take ranch dressing. Bottled is fine because it's going to taste homemade by the time you get through with it. Three-fourths of a cup. Add in a fourth of a cup of salsa. I like to use spicy salsa because I like a little kick to my dressing. And then three tablespoons of finely minced fresh cilantro. This makes a delicious dressing. For the salad, you're going to roast up a couple of ears of corn on the cob and then cut it off of the cob. And then you're going to start making your salad. Layer shredded lettuce, your diced chicken, tomatoes, cheese, that uh, roasted corn, some avocados, some green onions, cilantro, and then your choice of crushed tortilla chips, flavored or not, up to you. And then drizzle that delicious dressing over the side and serve it up in individual bowls or on a big giant platter. I think this could become a go-to for you. The flavors are there, no doubt about it. It's uh, Reed Drummond's Chicken Taco Salad in honor of her birthday. Today, that pioneer woman really knows how to cook. It's brought to you by our friends at FNL Market, where their meats are indeed a cut above. Check out our website. Go to Facebook. Type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share. And uh, we hope you're going to make some up this weekend. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. newscaster back home. So he's a very deep, loud, authoritative broadcaster voice, which on TV is great. But at home, unnecessary. <laughs> I love the man in death, but he's no concept of how loud he is and that sound travels. And you know when it's bad is when you're a little kid and you do something wrong, you get in trouble, and you gotta get yelled at or scolded by someone who talks like that. It puts the fear of God into you. Oh yeah, especially with my dad, who by the way was king of the scolders. Like, he would invent stuff to scold us about. Some of it did make sense. He actually once said this to me, hey, knock it off. You know, when I was your age, I was a lot older than you. <laughs> I think dad's been drinking. And I don't mean a dry bar. <laughs> the worst though is if ever, if ever I was so bad that my mom would have to go call him up at work. I know we have some moms out there. You know when moms get fed up to the point, like, that's it, I'm calling your father. Those are the scariest words in the world to me. Yeah, because he was already in that newscaster frame of mind. So whenever I'd get yelled at, I always felt like I was a breaking story. Oh yeah, he'd pick up the phone in that newscaster cadence, he didn't play. Like, ah, your father. Now your mother just told me what you did. Well, I'll tell you something, mister, you're in a lot of trouble. And you're gonna get it when I get home, tonight at 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I may or may not have been accused of that on occasion by my children. <laughs> Mom, you're radio lecturing. <laughs> it could it could happen. Sorry. You can't help it. So we're heading into 2023, and it seems like there are an awful lot of memes out there going, oh, my gosh, 2023 has to be better than 2022, right? Well, apparently... More things may have gone right in 2022 than we're willing to acknowledge or or accept. One of the things that I, I get regularly in my inbox is uh, 
positive news. It's a, a thing called Nice News that I, I sign up for. Um, and it did a story on 13 stories from 2022 of things that actually went right for a change. Uh, we frequently hear about animals that are, are threatened for extinction, but in 2022, we saw a resurgence in a variety of species. Some endangered and threatened species have bounced back. Um, in Australia, the humpback whales were taken off the threatened species list thanks to some anti-whaling protection. So that kind of showed that, that that's worked. Same thing with bald eagles. We're seeing bald eagles yeah. again. And, you know, for a long time, you didn't see those. The green sea turtle population is making a comeback. After hunting and egg har- harvesting uh, during the 19th and 20th century, landed them a spot on the uh, endangered list. And so that was good news. Uh, of course, the world rallied around Ukrainians. A, a lot of uh, feel-good stories out of that tragedy. Uh, beyond the record-breaking amount of donations, various nonprofit organizations have sprung into action to uh, feed people, find home for refugees, help Ukrainian pets, uh, that type of thing. So that was a bad story that ended up having some positivity. Uh, the U.S. wind power was the second leading source of electricity for the very first time. Uh, in March, energy generated by wind turbines was the second highest source of electricity for a 24-hour period, beating out both nuclear and coal power, but fell behind natural gas. But it's interesting to see that that has made some strides in that area. So that's kind of cool. The world's largest kindness study suggested that the pandemic made people kinder. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't know if I think, I don't know what I think about that one. I think I would, if I were playing that new Howie Mandel game, I think I'd be hitting the buzzer. Uh, They're saying it was released and two-thirds of the participants say that they believe COVID-19 made people kinder. The kindest test was an online questionnaire created by researchers that reached over 60,000 people from 144 countries. The questionnaire sought to understand how people experience kindness in their daily lives. All right. I want to know if you think the pandemic made people kinder because I think it made them mean as a snake. People were grumpier. They're cutting you off more in traffic. I don't agree with that one. Oh, you can't take it now. It was open August 31st, 2021 to October 2021. Because uh, you'd be on there going, nope, nope. No, I wanted to take it. I wanted to ask you the questions and see where you would end up. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I would have ended up on the, the part where I thought people were kinder after the pandemic. I don't agree with that at all. So uh, the world's largest urban wildlife crossing was um, was put out over a California freeway. The crossing allows mountain lions, coyotes, deer, lizards, snakes, and other animals to safely cross the Santa Monica Mountains and have better access to food, open space, and mates without getting, you know, having to take their lives into their own hands by playing Frogger to cross the highway. How much did that cost? That's what I want to know. And do they really know that they that that's the way they need to go? Or are they still going down across the highway? Reminds me of the lady who called in about the deer crossing sign. Yeah. Why did they put it there? 
Why can't they move it somewhere else? Hmm. We did make great strides with the uh, with a new malaria vaccine because malaria is a huge problem around the world. Uh, tw- 241 million cases, most of which were on the African continent, and they made great strides with that. And that was cool. And I remember this one, uh, the NASA's James Webb tele- telescope delivering the deepest, sharpest image of space. That was cool when that came out. And uh, another good thing that happened last year, mental health alternative to 911 launched nationwide. Here's the good story about that, though. Because we talked about that when it happened. The 988 that rolled out in July in an effort to better address mental health emergencies. Because that's a big problem in this country. Uh, The hotline routes the already existing National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, It takes those calls and puts them directly in there. And it's been working. As of September, 988 has led to a 45% increase in calls. And a reduction in average response times from two and a half minutes to 42 seconds. That's a great accomplishment. That is. That's that's very exciting to hear. So 988, that is working. Here's something else that's exciting. We discovered last year that parts of the Great Barrier Reef showed the highest coral coverage in 36 years. According to an August report from the Australian Institute, the area is still threatened by, you know, some warming waters and that type thing. But the good news is the overall state of the Great Barrier Reef looks pretty good as the the coral is, is coming back there. And the ozone layer recovery hit a significant milestone. It's interesting how none of the... Um, the, the green people are sharing any of this news. They're only like doom and gloom. They're not sharing these these stories. But I am. Uh, ozone layer recovery has hit a significant mi- milestone. That was announced in September that the concentration of chemicals and substances that deplete the ozone layer have fallen more than 50% back to the levels observed in, the 19, in, in 1980. My Aquanet was probably responsible for some of that in the 80s. Oh, I thought you were going to say now. I was like, what's an Aquanet? Aquanet is hairspray. And I had a very large bottle. It was about Oh, I okay. Now I can tall. understand. It was, a, it was a pink and white. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. I did theater in high school. You probably had one. I did theater in high school. I saw plenty oh, of hairspray so you uses. Saw, and you probably saw Aquanet because it holds like nobody's business. And they still sell it. I won't tell you how I know. Um, and here's another good story that we'll share with you before we go. Hearing aids became available over the counter. So because they, oh my gosh, it will save people about $2,800 per pair. They're so expensive. So um, it took effect. The Food and Drug Administration approved measures that allows hearing aids to be sold over the counter. That took effect in October. And they're hoping that this move is going to make Uh, products more affordable and more widely available because you know hearing is responsible for so many things they say if uh, older people refuse to get hearing aids that it can um, progress cause dementia and alzheimer's to progress faster if they don't get hearing aids so that's great news absolutely your friday's better because of that guys 
We'll be back on Monday. I hope you have a terrific weekend. Try to stay positive despite what you might be reading or hearing in the news. And we'll be back to spend time with you on Monday, 7 o'clock here on the Morning Jam. Listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA FM Greta Danville.